1: Well, Jameis Winston is finalizing a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. Is this a good move by Winston or maybe a sign of surrender? And how was the Bucks draft? They got their tackle, their running back, and a receiver, along with a few other players that could help them this year. How much better will Tom Brady be for it? We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, it was uh, quite a uh, long weekend that still seems to be continuing uh, for us, but... Uh, Uh, you know I I, first of all let's just talk about the draft itself record ratings obviously not a surprise everybody's kind of sheltering in place and that uh, can pass for a live sporting event most years it gets good ratings but especially this year um, and and I'd be honest with you you know I didn't know exactly how they were going to pull it off and of course it's probably a uh, uh, you know a marvel of technology that they were able to do it but I I kind of thought that overall um, it was better in, in the sense that seeing the reaction of not just the players but of their families, their loved ones, the ones that were around there in real time seemed a lot more heartfelt and, and, and interesting and genuine than, say, you know, a guy backstage who has to walk out there and give a bear hug to the commissioner. I think even the commissioner seemed humanized a little bit over, over the weekend. I liked it. I don't know that I want to go back to... You know the screaming crowds in 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 front of Caesar's Palace or whatever.
0: I thought they did a good job pulling off. I I would prefer the audience to be honest. I thought it I thought it moved a little slow. Mm-hmm. Um, given the circumstances, they did. I, I thought they pulled it off very well. I mean, it was it was right. better than I was expecting it to be? Absolutely. Right. Um, but you still miss that. You still miss that live reaction. That you know you didn't get as many uh, chats with the players. You didn't hear from them as much. It was all it was all analysts and you didn't even hear the players that much and and that's it's part of you know the circumstances they dealt with it's not a criticism that they didn't do their job just i missed that part of it um you know i just thought it was a lot of talking head saying the same thing over and over again and you just weren't getting a lot of the the human emotion from the players themselves i mean you saw it on the zoom cameras but you weren't right you weren't hearing from them as much
1: yeah, I mean I, I suppose you know somewhere in there is the mama bear. I mean, you're right, you know, sports and and moments like that are, are you know, ca- are cause for sort of that crowd energy, and that's what it lacked. It lacked the energy of a crowd, mm-hmm. the chanting before the pick, after the pick, the booze, all of that. There wasn't there wasn't the soundtrack that you're used to, and that, that was a little odd. But I did I did actually like, you know, at least from a voyeur standpoint, peeking in on mm-hmm. just the reaction of players. I mean, I I thought it was, you know, rather than have guys backstage just walk out and give a bear hug to the commissioner, which is a little antiseptic, it was cool to see, you know, the whole family or friends or whomever was there, um, you know, sort of reacting to them. and And, you know, even... Like I was saying, I mean, you know, it was funny watching Goodell get more casual as the weekend went on, mm-hmm. like all of us. <laughs> um, but for, so if you're in my is,
0: chair, where I watch football games yeah, most of the time,
1: that's right, exactly. <laughs> um, in his comfy chair, and uh, you know, so I mean, that part was kind of cool. Anyway, they pulled, I did. I did, they did
0: like. I did like looking in on the GMs and the coaches. Yeah, As things were going on, and seeing some of their reactions, <laughs> and 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 even their families there with them was kind of cool. I mean, that was different and, and unique. Yeah, um, you know, anything that gives you more insight in the way things work, I like. You know, that's one. You know, from the XFL, some of the things you know, whether it was hearing the coaches right. on the headsets or in behind the replay the room, seeing exactly what they're looking at and talking about. I mean, you know, those behind the scenes stuff I love, and so seeing you know even some of the reactions. See Bill O'Brien getting ticked off. We didn't necessarily know why at the time, but seeing him get ticked off because the trade didn't yeah, he couldn't go through, pull the trade off, yeah, you know, just things like that. I I enjoy that stuff.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Well, we'll get all into the draft and how the Bucks did, but first, I did want to start uh, with uh, the breaking news. I guess it was uh, came out Sunday morning or late Saturday night. Jameis Winston, and this could be done by today, not before four o'clock. We'll tell you why, uh, but apparently, he's finalizing a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints of the NFC South, the three-time, last three years defending champions. And this is a really interesting um, decision by Jameis. And, again, you know, one thing that we don't know is what his options were, right? I mean, are Mm -hmm. there multiple offers? Is this his best offer? Is this his only offer? We really don't know that. I I can assume there were probably a number of teams after the draft that called him, um, specifically the ones that may not have gotten a quarterback, and a lot of teams did, but, you know, we figured it would be sometime after the draft before Jameis would find a landing spot. And he did. And he, he goes, you know, to join really one of the best play callers in Sean Payton. But more than that, he gets to sit behind Drew Brees. And when I say sit behind, barring some injury, and I know Drew missed five games last year. And, you know, prior to that, he wasn't a guy that missed any games really, but, um, you know, that's how Teddy Bridgewater got where he's going. So, I think
0: got him what sixty million.
1: You got him sixty three million dollars. I think it's a good move. I think it's a smart move. It's it's a little bit of a surrender, like I mentioned, because you know, damn it, if he's not one of the top thirty two quarterbacks in the league, I, I I think somebody's missing something. He could have chosen the route. Let's assume of going and backing up a wobbly starter. Say I don't know in Jacksonville or uh, Chicago. Well, Chicago got their guy, but some some else and it didn't go that way because I would think that his drive might've been to, to get a starting job and get it as quickly as he could, you know, whereas instead he kind of took the Bridgewater route and, or, or, or you might even argue the Ryan Tannehill route, but although Tannehill was behind the wobbly starter, Breeze is not wobbly. He's just old. So, but, but what he's, he's kind of taking a step back to move his career forward. And I think it's smart in this sense. I think, Going to a, an organization that has won and has won consistently is is smart for Jameis. He just went to one of the traditionally, well, the worst organization winning percentage-wise in the history of the National Football League. He's had enough of that, okay? He doesn't need to be the reason why a team is going to be turned around, okay? That's what's gotten him in trouble in the past. You go to the Saints, which has the best roster in, in, in the NFC South, if not one of the best in the whole conference, And a great a great head coach, but more than that, you get to you get to see it right up close, feel it, breathe it, understand it. What the quarterback position is about from a guy who's done it as well as anybody in the history of the league. He has more passing yards than anyone in the NFL, and he also takes care of his business off the field like nobody's business. And right, he does everything the right way. I mean, Drew Brees is beloved in new Orleans and I don't know anyone that's ever said an angry word about the guy so I really think that this is a this is a a very smart and and somewhat you know like I said I don't know what options he had but really kind of a kind of a self-aware move that you know what I could use this you know I could use this and you know look if everything goes to form Drew Brees retires after this season They're happy enough with Jameis Winston Mm -hmm. or sees It's a a one year audition. And it's a one year audition. He be he could potentially become the new quarterback in the Orleans Saints one year from now and take over that amazing football team with that play caller in that city. That's a heck of a way to go. Um, you know, now the the fly in the ointment, of course, is Taysom Hill. But, But Taysom Hill, let's be honest. He was sitting here at one point on Sunday. He had not signed his one-year tender for about $4.5 million as a restricted free agent. Then the Saints extended him, gave him about $16 million, I think, guaranteed on a two-year deal. So, you know, they've told him they want him to compete for the backup spot. But I'm here to tell you, if Drew Brees gets hurt, are you going to the guy that has completed fewer passes to to the Saints than Jameis Winston? (laughs) because he's literally completed (laughs) seriously he's literally completed like six passes or eight passes to the saints where winston has actually thrown 10 um and two of those at least went for touchdowns and those are interceptions granted but you see my point Jameis winston was the nfl's passing leader last year with 33 touchdowns Taysom hill has attempted 13 passes or whatever so i really don't think this is much of a choice i do think that New Orleans is loading up on quarterbacks because they know that the the end is nigh um, for Drew Brees, who's already agreed to to go to NBC whenever his career ends. And he's year to year. At 41 years old, I don't think he's going to play much beyond this year if, if, in fact, he plays next year at all. So it's really sort of cunning on on Jameis's part. Now, we haven't seen the contract. They won't sign that, by the way, until after 4 p.m. today because if they did – then the Bucks would be eligible to receive a compensatory pick for losing Winston as a free agent, and the new CBA has a deadline, and that's 4 p.m. today. Um, so don't expect don't expect that contract to be coming before that. No, it I was saw, interesting.
0: I, I saw a guy tweet you on on send yeah. you a tweet saying, you know, you know, the Saints, boy, you know, they're that's shady, and they're you know doing bad, and you know by, by not giving a compensatory pick by signing him sooner. And as your response was like, why would they help a division rival out?
1: <laughs> right. It was kind of like they even put it on Winston. It's like, wait a minute, it's like Winston owes the Bucks absolutely nothing, and mm-hmm. the Saints owe him even less. <laughs> I mean, um, they're rivals, and yeah, they're not—they're not, they're not going to do any any favors for the uh, you know for the team that cut this guy loose. Um, of course, you know how this ends, right? Don't do. Have, should we go ahead and write the script now? Should we just go ahead and say, okay, it's week whatever, Bucks at Saints, Saints at Bucks. Breeze goes down, breezes down. <laughs> what? Till you fill in the rest of it, okay? Because you know, this is the nightmare scenario, right? For well, we Tampa we Bay. know
0: that that game will probably be later in the season, since they're going to backload the division rivals. Yes, uh, yes. So Late in the season, in case they
1: got to make some adjustments. I mean, you just know what's going to happen. He's going <laughs> to Winston's going to come in there, and the Bucks are going to be holding their breath because you know he's going to go and and uh, and try to beat them. They also signed uh, – the Saints also signed Tommy Stevens for Mississippi State, but he would be more of a guy with the skill set that could do maybe what Taysom Hill does. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, on the one hand, like I said, on the one hand, I think it's incredibly smart. Um, I know people in the Bucks organization, you know, that like Jameis that think it, it's very smart for him mm-hmm. to, to see it, to, to be around it, to understand what winning at that position requires um, from a guy that's won as much as anybody. But there's also a part of me. It's like, wait a minute, didn't you want to compete? Like, didn't you want to go somewhere where you could play this year, right? Because it, there's a potential, and we we can name the quarterbacks, right? The the Luke mm-hmm. McCowns and all these guys. He's had Brees has had veteran quarterbacks that threw no passes all year, and, and frequently, mm-hmm. right? So last year, you know, he had the thumb injury, which is kind of a freak thing in Los Angeles. His second game, it was the second week of the season, and then Bridgewater came in and. Went five and zero. Oh. Now, that's what Jameis is hoping. You know, th- there's one of two scenarios that makes th- the most sense for Jameis. One, he inherits the job from Breeze when he retires, and he takes over a great football team with a great coach, and and knows the system, and he's ready to roll, and hopefully plays better than he did in Tampa. Or two, he gets to play some, becomes a free agent, and then a team comes after him the way they did Bridgewater, who who played five games last year and signed a. Three-year, sixty-two or sixty-three million-dollar contract. That's also a win for Jameis, and I—I I would suspect that. And I, you know, we don't know what deal he's going to sign, but there's a good chance that there, that might be a one-year contract with, say, a club option, where they could pick him up and and, uh, and retain him. Um, the, the Saints are spending a ton of money, by the way, on quarterbacks. Even next year, even if, if Breeze doesn't play, I think they have like twenty-two million on the on the dead money. Mm-hmm. On Breeze because he's restructured and pushed money so much. Yeah, they keep so pushing that. Back. They
0: keep pushing that figure down the road.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's kind of like the government, right? Well, we'll just print more money. Um, so maybe you, the bill never comes due. Uh, and I don't know what kind of contract he's going to get. Boy, he's going to take a cut. He's going to take a big haircut when it comes. He made twenty-one million dollars last year. I, I think you know Marcus Mariota was in the eight million, eight nine million dollar range as a backup. I don't know if Jameis will get that much. I mean they only had. About four million dollars or five million dollars under the salary cap, and that's not even enough to sign their, you know, that's not even enough to sign their rookie. So I, I think they're going to have to make some cuts there to, um, to get Jameis, get Jameis in. But yeah, he's going to be a New Orleans Saint. Really, really interesting. Closer to home, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of positives, obviously, but the one that he can't be sure of is will he play? Will he play at all? And you know, a lot of that, that all of it will probably depend on. On what Drew Brees does and whether he stays healthy or not, but interesting story that one broke uh, by Charles Robinson at Yahoo Sports late Saturday, early Sunday morning. So uh, check that out. We'll see. We should know by later today whether James signs, and then hopefully he'll. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. I imagine he won't talk a lot about the Bucks, but just sort of what he answers to, you know, because the last time he talked, he was telling people to check his sheet. So I'm just wondering if they have and see how that goes.
0: Post your free
1: job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Alright, as far as the draft goes, uh, when we talked to, uh, to everybody last here on the podcast, of course they had made the trade with San Francisco to move up to number 13, gave away the fourth round pick, and took Tristan Wirfs, the uh, big offensive tackle from Iowa. By the way, I, I don't know, check this out if you haven't on um, TampaBay.com or in the Tampa Bay Times on Sunday. I wrote a story about Wirfs and his, and his mom and that whole dynamic. His mother, Sarah, she's quite a woman. I mean, you talk about somebody that uh, has made things possible uh, for her children and, and especially her son to do what he's doing. And I'm sure he's going to pay her back in spades. But, um, you know, she, she was a single mom. She started working uh, from Mount Vernon, Iowa. She started going to Cedar Rapids and, and working at a Target at age 16. Her mom had uh, become divorced from her father, and and uh, she wanted things like most sixteen year olds, and so she went and started working for it. And before you knew it, they offered her a forty hour a week job, and she thought, "Well, that's a good idea, you know, steady paycheck. Let's do that." She's been there twenty eight years, and she's a team leader now. And as you know, these days with the coronavirus and and you know the people at at places like Target and Publix and other, they they've become the heroes, right? Trying to keep us fed and um, her orders have gone up, you know, something like uh, 800%. And so she's very, very busy. And and the reason why she kept the job in part was it gave her flexibility. And, and she had Tristan when she was 24, um, I believe. And so, you know, uh, it, it allowed her, you know, to to go to all his games, to ferry him around. He was a big baseball player. Like, it turns out he was a travel ball guy. Big kid, you know, almost from the beginning, could do anything. Um, you know, just swam. Watch him,
0: just watch him jump out of a pool. Oh. oh,
1: I've never seen anybody do that, much less a guy at 320 pounds. I mean, it's just incredible. But he would try things. Like, whatever Whatever he tried, he was able to do. And he always had a good heart. He was always helping out, you know, uh, the folks there uh, in Iowa and, and very personable and had a lot of friends and – Started wrestling in high school as a freshman. Wrestling, by the way, in Iowa is like bigger than any sport. It's like the sport in Iowa. And at first he wasn't very good at it, but then he became like a state champion. So he's so good at football that, you know, he gets the uh, scholarship offer uh, from Iowa and Kurt Ferenz. But he wants to wrestle his senior year after football. But he can't – he's 320 pounds, and he's got to get down to two, 280, I believe. He had to drop 40 pounds imagine that now 40 pounds I don't care what your age is it's six foot four 320 you got to drop 40 pounds to wrestle dude this guy he, like you he said I probably didn't do it the healthy way I mean he basically you know had a small shake for breakfast and grapes for lunch and that was that was the day um, but he managed to lose all that weight and did it without it looking you know fairly seamless uh, and became a state wrestling champion that year and um, it's just an amazing story but she she really did sacrifice for him like crazy. And then, of course, you everybody's seen the viral video where, uh, uh, you know, he'd hoped to take her to Las Vegas for the draft, and, of course, that got canceled. So um, his agent at her suggestion, one of the suggestions of the agent's assistance, they went and got a red carpet and rolled it out to the street, and um, they called her out, and he had flowers waiting for her. Just a really thoughtful kid. And uh, so, anyway, check it out in the Tampa Bay Times. It's a pretty good, pretty good uh, time talking to those folks. They're good people and he's going to be a player i mean this guy is he's got a huge upside uh, that's for sure they won't rush him but i i think he'll rush himself in the lineup he's he's going to be pretty solid for them real athletic guy and um personable and, and 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 he's just you know the only true freshman that ever started at iowa on the offensive line for friends it's really amazing so they got him and so then we we got to friday and of course uh, you know the the big debate was I always thought that they would get the running back in the second round, Steve. That's what that's what we were kind of kind of keying on a little bit. You know, you had guys like Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor and um, Cam Akers and, and and different ones, right? Uh, of course, uh, Clyde Edwards Elair, uh, a, a bunch of good good running backs there. DeAndre Swift, I mean, you name it, and they got to the second round, and those running backs started coming off the board pretty quick. And it was unfortunate for the Bucks because the ones, some of the ones they really liked, like Jonathan Taylor, he went to the Colts pretty early. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I think, went to the Lions, and so they were Hilaire went kind off of off the first
0: round. He went the last pick of the first round to the Chiefs.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. And then they got to um, you know pick number forty-five, and there were still running backs on there. J.K. Dobbins was there. I mean, J.K. Dobbins, you know him, <laughs> mm-hmm. Michigan killer that he was. Uh, he rushed for 2,000 yards last year. Think about that. 2,000. Broke, broke uh, the Ohio State rushing record and just chewed up all the big, you know, the, chewed through the Big Ten. And I'm thinking, well, there's your guy, right? I mean, if, if you're just going off film, if, if this is not about, you know, 40 times in pro days that you didn't have, then surely Dobbins, Dobbins is a guy that you can't pass up. Well, they did. They passed him up, but they passed him up for a safety. They went and got Antoine uh, Winfield, who played at Minnesota. And if you know the name, it's because his father played 14 years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and really Winfield good defensive pl- back. Oh yeah, he was he, he was great. He, he played for the Bills and uh, mostly I remember him the with Vikings. the Vikings.
0: Yep, I was in Minnesota when he played up there. He was phenomenal. At Were that you?
1: Point. Yeah, yeah. 27 career interceptions, something like that. But a really good player and. um and here's the thing. He only played eight years ago. Did you know that? <laughs> eight years ago, mm-hmm. this guy was playing in the NFL. In fact, he was drafted the year before uh, Tom Brady was. And so, 99. He, 99, and Tom Brady was drafted in 2000, and he intercepted Brady. So, imagine that. Like, the guy that intercepted Tom Brady, his son, is now going to play uh, with Tom Brady.
0: Maybe, maybe intercepting him in practice.
1: And may pick him off in practice. And so Winfield um, comes here. And, of course, he played, you know, in the Outback Bowl with Minnesota and uh, had a hell of a game. And if you talk to P.J. Fleck, who was a former coach here with the Bucs under Greg Ciano, as receivers coach, he'll tell you he's, like, a better guy than he is a player. He went through some adversity at Minnesota. He had injuries that ended ended two of his seasons. Uh, One was a hamstring. I think one was a foot. But he had a monster year last year. I mean, he was tremendous if you call – they played Penn State, who was undefeated at the time. He had two first half interceptions to help them win that game, mm-hmm. and he's one of these guys. He's five nine. Now he's not the biggest guy, and I, that would be my concern: is that eh, not a lot of five nine guys, you know, playing on the back end, and especially the way he plays, because he comes down. He's kind of this joker player. You can play him in the slot. You can play him at linebacker. You can blitz him, um, and he's just he just shows up where the ball is. He's got tremendous range at free safety. And great, great hands and great ball skills. That's the way I remember his dad
0: playing. His his dad, yeah, man, when he was and when I was in Minnesota it was, what, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, that was kind of he was in his peak or best part of his career, and he was all over the field. And it didn't matter. You could line him up in the slot. You could line him up outside. He could drop back. He could blitz. He was he was everywhere on that defense.
1: Yeah, and that's what that's what his son plays just like him. In fact, Antoine has said when I put on tape of 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 him i i see i i can put on tape of myself i make the i look the same we make the same sort of same sort of movements but so they get winfield and I, I get it because you know the bucks even though they've drafted what six defensive backs in the previous two years um you know justin evans looks like he's not going to make it back from injury so they they can use at minimum a safety or mm-hmm. you know also a guy that can just be and I hate to say this because it comes up all the time. You know, the honey badger, a guy that can do special things from all over the field. But that's that's the kind of guy that B.A. likes playing with. And so Winfield goes in the second round. Okay, so now you're saying, well, now they have to get a running back. I mean, that, I mean, Brady throws to those guys more than any other position. And I did not have this guy on my radar, but it was interesting because i I've talked to the Bucks since about it. So at number 76 in their third round, they take – Keyshawn Vaughn and Keyshawn Vaughn's a guy that actually played for Lovey Smith. I think one year at uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. He transferred.
1: Uh, yeah. And then he transferred to the sec and went to Vanderbilt. Let's face it folks. Vanderbilt hasn't been good in a minute. Okay. They get beat up on pretty regular in the sec. And yet this dude has managed to be most of their offense and had a couple thousand yard seasons there. He's not the fastest guy. I think he runs like a four five something. Um, but it's got pretty good hands, and he can make plays. He he, when he gets a second level, he's pretty explosive. So, you know, for a guy that that produced at a high level in the SEC, just in talking to the Bucks, and that, you know, because I thought, well, there had to be is there bad reports on Dobbins? Like what, what's the deal there? And basically, they like Vaughn better. Imagine that you like this guy. And again, I think part of it is for what he can do, right? is he is he the guy that Brady could use can you can you mm-hmm. split him out wide can you you know can you uh, get him in space can he can he run inside with power can he you know so they think he's going to be a perfect fit and some of the people that have talked about this about the Bucks draft have said yeah watch this guy he's better than you think he really is so then we get to um yesterday or i guess saturday it was saturday, saturday, saturday. Yeah. yeah saturday's draft to wrap it up and they don't have a fourth round pick. And boy, a lot of players came off the board. I mean, it's hard to sit there. Of course, they gave up one fourth rounder to move up one spot in the first round and take uh, Werfs to San Francisco. And then the other fourth rounder is Rob Gernkowski. Not bad, right? So you, you got to add that to the draft mix. So they get into the fifth round, and we're checking boxes now, right? So we got the tackle, uh, we got the safety, we got the wide receiver. Those are the, the three biggest, or two, yeah, the running back. Two of the three, or the running back, I'm sorry, two of the three biggest needs. And now now you need a receiver because, you know, you've lost Rashard Perryman. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are great, but who's behind them? And both those guys got hurt last year. You, you can't have that. You've got to find somebody else. And they did. And they go back to Minnesota, back to the Golden Golfers, don't you know? And they take Tyler Johnson, not that Tyler Johnson, although it was funny he kind of tweeted something out about it, but they take Tyler Johnson well, you from forget, Minnesota.
0: You uh, forget. Just a season ago there was a Tyler Johnson who played for the Miami Heat too.
1: God, that's right. I had forgot. I yeah. had forgotten about that. Barely common. Yeah, an I
0: answer. think he's in Phoenix now or last last he played was Phoenix, but yeah.
1: So now we got two Tyler Johnsons that can score in Tampa Bay and this Tyler Johnson let's go back to the Outback Bowl again, which by the way happened to be watched that New Year's Day by Bruce Arians along with his son Jake. And they watched this guy completely take over the game. They played Auburn. Auburn was really good, ranked really high. And Tyler Johnson went for over 200 yards and two touchdowns, including this highlight one-handed toe-tapping job in the back of the end zone that they reviewed about 20 times. One of the best catches I saw in college football last year. Um, he's a ball. Now you talk about a baller now. Check, check, your, check your sheet on this guy. He can flat-out play. And P.J. Flex says he's another character guy that will – you know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Godwin, and he seems when you talk to him, he seems more, more mature than than his age would tell you. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm from as far as weapons for Brady, get a guy to protect them. Yeah. You know, yeah. All the reports uh, I
0: saw on Tyler was great skills, not the fastest guy. No, he's going to mm-hmm. play more out of the slot, but he's inconsistent. Right. And if he can fix that inconsistency, he, then he'll be better than a fifth-round pick.
1: He had some drops. He had about six drops, and some of them were major. And he's got to work on that because he'll make the spectacular catch, but mm-hmm. you want to make sure you make the the regular one. Um, decent route runner. Really good after the ball. Though. Like When you get mm-hmm. the ball in his hands, even though he's not fast, he's got great vision. Like He runs like yep. a running back.
0: And he attacks the ball, too. He goes and gets he it. He does. Oh, he does. He doesn't he wait really on it, does. which is my biggest pet peeve with receivers. It's, yes. You know, go get the ball.
1: It's a great point. You're not going to
0: get hit anymore. Go get the ball.
1: Exactly. You're going to get splattered either way. But if you catch it as high as point, at least well, come. What down I'm saying
0: with it. is they can't hit you the way they used to. So go get the ball.
1: No, no, they can't. <laughs> they can't. And if they do, so what? Um, that's what you're paid to do. So yeah, I saw. So at this point, I'm going. Okay. Well, now you know when you get into the sixth, seventh round stuff like that, they got two seventh rounders and a sixth. You're just looking for somebody with a redeeming quality, right? At this point. You're hoping you can find somebody that has a chance to make the team, and I think they probably found one or two guys. I mean, at, at numbers at the sixth round at 194, they get uh, Khalil Davis, who's a big defensive tackle from Nebraska. It's been a while since Nebraska had any players. Uh, and they he don't was count a black out shirt. the black shirts. Yeah, exactly. Jason Light knows all about that, and um, he's actually a uh, he's actually a twin. He's an identical twin with his brother Carlos, who also played at Nebraska, played defensive end, and Carlos went one round later to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's not like the Griffin Twins are not going to stay together. But um, but Khalil is, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's incredibly athletic. This dude ran like a 4.85 at 308 pounds. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he ran like a tight end. He ran better than most tight ends. And, you know, he had been involved in track from the time he was little. He told a story like the, the story that goes around is that his parents, their senior year, uh, him and Carlos, they, they were, you know, gaining weight and, and strong eating, big eating boys. And so their parents had to buy him a second refrigerator just to store the food. And he goes, you know what we ate my senior year? He said we had these packs of, of eight or, or ten uh, chicken breasts and a can of corn. And he goes, we ate that every day for dinner uh, my brother and I, and, and, and so we had to, we, we filled up the freezer with all, all these chicken breasts. And so it was like, well, you, you mean you split them or he goes, no, it got to where we were each eating eight, eight to 10 chicken breasts plus a can of corn every night. Jeez. Holy cow. Yeah. Or holy chicken as the case may be. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. He goes, yeah, my family really are paying a lot of food bills, but, um, now, now maybe he will have a chance to, to earn some of that back. But, um, he was an interesting pick. And then, you know, you get into uh, the seventh round. They take a linebacker, Chappelle Russell uh, from Temple, who uh, had an ACL tear, and, and um, you know, is a guy that can rush off the edge if you need him to, play inside if you need him to. The final guy came from, uh, from Louisiana, uh, Raymond um, Uh It's uh, C-A-L-A-I-S. I think it's pronounced Callis or Calais. Uh He was a, a small running back. You know, kind of, kind of in the Matt Breida mode, to be honest with you, and and somebody that can return kicks and also work as a wide receiver, so you can do a lot of things with him. But he's incredibly fast, like four three fast. And so, uh, you know, all, all these guys have a chance to make it. Look, I'm not. You can't grade these drafts right for two or three, four years, whatever. Um, if you'd have done that with OJ Howard, the first year, you said, "Whoa, yeah, A plus. He's better than." Um, you know, some of the players that they could have had, like, uh, you know, I don't know, name one, but there was Derwin there was a James. bunch of guys. Derwin James. Well, no, it wasn't Derwin James. That was the Vita Vea draft. It was the oh, running was back a, a from Dalvin Florida Cook, State. Dalvin Cook. I'm Dalvin Sorry, Cook. i got him mixed up. And Dalvin got hurt that year, remember? But then the next year you go, oh wait, Dalvin Cook. Ooh, yeah, he, he really got off. And then and then not such a good year for MoJ. So you don't know. You got to wait for these things. But as far as, you know, with what the draft had to offer and what they got, I thought they had a pretty successful uh, weekend, given given all the things that were up against them with the virtual stuff, and all the draft grades I saw
0: were pretty positive. I mean, Bs and better. Yeah, um, I saw somebody right. did a grabbed a bunch of the or the draft grades from people, and the Bucks were like fifth or sixth overall when you averaged out all the grades they got.
1: Right, right.
0: So they filled they filled needs. They, they got, did. They got good players at needs. Uh, you know, we'll see if. Drafting Winfield Junior. second round was a smart pick, and not getting Dobbins or another running back or well, that's you know, the that. thing. But you know, um, is a fourth rounder worth it to trade up for Werfs that you had to give up? I mean, we'll, we'll there's a see. lot. Although I, yeah. I think, look, if if you wanted to tackle, there was four that you wanted. I don't think there's a price too high to pay. To be honest, I mean, if that's if that's what you need, that's your biggest need, and one of those four guys would fill it.
1: Well, and, you know, John Lynch, they were they were fearful that he may take a tackle there because uh, Joe Staley retired. You probably saw that over the mm-hmm. weekend. Um, and then, of course, they, they made the trade for Trent Williams with the Redskins.
0: Yeah, they gave up a fifth-rounder this year and a third-rounder next year.
1: Yeah, not bad. I like I like the mm-hmm. uh, 49ers draft. I really did. And so um, there was some other interesting things. I mean, as far as, like, the one thing they didn't get was a quarterback. It just didn't, they would have had to get, really most of those guys went about the fourth round. And, you know, they wound up signing one, an undrafted free agent, Reed uh, Sinnett from um, San Diego. Not San Diego State, but the San Diego where Josh Johnson used to go. And the guy, you know, they like him. He's six uh, four, about 225 pounds. He threw for like 32 touchdowns last year. Really only one year as a starter, but played really, really well. So now he's not going to get, you know, much of a chance. But we'll see. Maybe they keep him as a developmental guy. If they um, decide to part with one of their other veteran backups, I mean, they got Ryan Griffin mm-hmm. back. Obviously, they got Blaine Gabbert, who I think is probably going to be the number two. But, uh, but we'll see what Reed can do. And then you they didn't know, have to take I, a quarterback
0: this draft. I exactly, mean, you've got Tom Brady for two years, right? So you needed to take one either this year or next. And with no off-season program presumably happening this year, and who knows even what preseason may look like, that you didn't need to take it this year. You could wait till next year to take that guy. And you've got Blaine yeah. Gabbert as your backup, which you probably want a more veteran backup anyway if you think you're the no Super Bowl contender now. You weren't right. necessarily looking for a fourth or fifth-round quarterback to be your backup this year.
1: That's right. No, you're exactly right. And so I I, I think that, uh, look, if you take the whole offseason, right, and it's the draft plus free agency, I mean, you, you couldn't have a better free agency than to get Tom Brady and – and and get the rights to Rob Gronkowski and talk him out of retirement. They didn't trade OJ Howard. Uh, we said that the other day that that was the information I was given that it, it had to be something that just blew them away, and it didn't. So they're dealing from strength there. And if even if they lost him, it would only be about a two million dollars savings on the salary cap anyway. So you know they've 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 certainly got strength in numbers at the tight end room. That's for sure. The wide receiver room is good. I mean, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of good things going on personnel wise i thought uh with the box and again you know we're a long way from even knowing if there's going to be a season much less how they're going to do this they they're supposed to start their virtual training camp uh i think uh this week or next and you know the some teams like the saints have just told their guys have a good summer we'll see you when they let us back on the field and that's sort of the way they're approaching it it's very tough for these guys to work out obviously it's tough for them to get playbooks just look what happened to tom brady <laughs> walked into the wrong house <laughs> did you did you see brady he he has i'll say this the dude has an a++ social media game he's really good but um he posted uh uh something the other day about um, about how excited he was to be with the bucks and looking forward to the season and all that and uh did did mention him getting <laughs> he did mention him getting thrown out of a park which was kind of funny did you see, it? like, uh, Rich Eisen had this thing, you know, they were trying to raise money. I think they raised, what was it, like $5 million? Or something? I don't know what it was, some ridiculous number, uh, you know, for COVID relief uh, during the NFL draft. And Rich Eisen was hosting what amounted to, you know, sort of a bunch of different, you know, guys coming on and, and, and talking in Zoom and stuff like that. And, and at one point, right before the draft, Tom Brady was one of them. And he's talking, and he's saying how uh, how much he loves Florida, how much his wife loves it. Obviously, So he's got a couple jet skis, thinking about buying a boat. I got one for sale if he wants it. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, that'd be bizarre, wouldn't it? What happened to your boat? Sold it to Tom Brady. Oh, um, and so just make sure he you goes know, to the right giving... house to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I'll, oh, I'll deliver it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'd be happy. I'd be happy to bring it right right into shore. Just put it right on those davits on the dock. That'd be just fine. Yeah, no, yes, I, need, I do need a glass of water. Thank you. Yes, can I see t- Oh, thanks, I can go inside? Great, It's wonderful. Um, but, you know, he he uh, he was funny. He was like, I didn't know moving to Florida was going to cost me money. Uh, and that would be based on how much he's paying Jeter for rent. But aside from that, at one point, um, who's a comedian? Kevin Hart was on. And <laughs> Kevin Hart is pretty funny. And, and you know, he was just riding Brady. So Brady had been on there for a minute. And it's everybody's talking. And some people would ask Brady some things. And then Russell Wilson came on and told him he stole a Super Bowl and all this. So they're going back and forth. But Brady had been on for a little while. And at one point, Kevin Hart goes, oh, by the way. <laughs> he goes, really? He said, uh, you renamed it Tampa Bay? He's like that's a little arrogant, don't you think or something like that and Brady was like, "You know, I got to put my kids down now. I'll see you guys." <laughs> he was just <laughs> that was it. He didn't even didn't even try to defend himself. He just went straight to bed. Well, Tyler Johnson's
0: it. renaming it Tyler Bay now, so.
1: Yeah, he tweeted at Brady. That was funny. Yeah, maybe it's Tyler Bay. Uh, we got a couple Tyler Johnsons. What's going on with hockey? You think we're going to have it? Looks like they're kind of making some Hockey and NHL
0: or... both – uh, the NBA both look like they're uh, starting to uh, – trying to make arrangements to start uh, doing some workouts potentially in the next few weeks. Uh That's NBA's NBA is possibly opening some buildings up to players in areas that aren't locked down or closed. Yeah. And yeah. NHL is talking with the Players Association. And, and you know, I mean, the NHL is kind of – the plan came out kind of last week that looking at, you know, July start and trying to get things ramped up. Um, yeah. So maybe some movement. You know, is coming to sports, and you know, is as is they're figuring out how this virus is spreading, and and everyone's trying to flatten the curve that maybe they're going to be able to play. I mean, I don't. There's not going to be fans in the stands initially, but right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, maybe we'll see sports within a couple months.
1: I think it's possible. Um, I know golf is going to come back, and and that's a little easier for social distancing. And um, boy, you hope that by the time they get a football season, I, I just keep coming to this one thought that. Could they actually play games and ha- and the Tampa fans not actually get to go to a stadium and cheer on Tom Brady? It's just, um, it's just bizarre. to mean, but um, they certainly look they certainly look like contenders. They, they got a good football team and and you know for these rookies, it's really important for them to get in there sooner than later and do some of this on the field work. You know, not everybody can learn. It's the other thing that people don't understand about like why they have OTAs and why you have you know, phase one, phase two, phase three of the off-season workouts, a, a lot of it has to do with just the way guys learn stuff, right? Like, you can go on a board with some people, and this is true just even in education, but you can go on a board and write all the X's and O's you want to and give them all the answers to the test. And two-dimensionally, some people can look at that and get it. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I see I see where I'm supposed to go. I can, understand, I can translate that in my mind to me running – this route, and this is the leverage against this coverage, et cetera. Then there are other people who actually, the best way they learn is to be on the grass and do it. You know what I mean? Uh, And so, you know, for those guys, and everybody's different, I think it's so critical that uh, they have a little bit of time to spend on the field in, in addition to understanding the playbook, but also understanding what it's like to go against NFL players every day. So an interesting weekend, and of course we're going to continue this discussion uh, all week about the draft, also about uh, Jameis Winston, more fallout from him when he signs with the Saints, what he will say about his five years in Tampa Bay. We'll tell you about some of the undrafted free agents that the Bucks have signed, and we're also going to do a mailbag, so get your questions in. You can do that by uh, hitting us up on Twitter, at SportsDayTV, or my uh, Twitter handle is at NFL Stroud, or you can reach me uh, by email at rstroud.com at tampabay.com For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times Have a great day everybody